listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here in this vocal space with me. Um, John Wright, I'm glad you're here in this vocal space with me. Hey. You sound good. Thank you. It's good to be here. Hey, this is a Q&A episode, and the good news is that our plea for cues did not go unheeded. We got a bunch of cues. Right, right. So now it's just, just down to us to play one and for you to give a good A. Hi, Bart. Uh, my name is Craig from Denver, and I had a question, uh, lots of questions, actually. Um, I stumbled across your name online, and I watched some of your episodes with your father um, talking about leaving the faith. And uh, I myself uh, am a believer who questions a lot of what I believe. Uh, I try not to doubt it, but I question it. And uh, my question to you is, how should I proceed as far as gaining information? Should I continue to listen to some of my my um, spiritual friends who some of them have some very good information, but it seems like it's all the same and they don't like me to question what I believe. Um, I wonder if you ran into this situation and if you had any advice in general. Um, I know that each of our situations is unique, but anything you can add would be appreciated. And uh, again, thanks, Bart. Um, we all in this together. Talk to you later. Bye. Nice. Nice question. That is nice. Doesn't he sound like a nice guy? Sounds like a really nice guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so the reason I wanted to jump right on Craig's question when I heard it was because I got a bunch of emails this week that chimed in and sort of reminded me that among our humanized me kind of family of listeners, there are a lot of still believers. Right. Um, and I think that sometimes people assume like, oh, that, you know, he's a post-Christian, you know, this is like an atheist podcast or a secular humanist podcast. And the truth of the matter is, is that there are a lot of believers that are dipping their toe in the water or trying to figure out or, or just want to be in a better relationship with people who aren't believers. And so they're, they're interested in our conversation because we're not mean to them. Right. Right. No, it's it's really interesting. I, I never really think about the demographic makeup of like how many, you know, what percentage of the audience is one or the other. And I think there are some people who are in between. And so, I mean, first of all, Craig, so glad you're here. And what I'm going to say next might seem a little bit counterintuitive to some of the other people that are here. Um, just as when I was out at USC as the chaplain there, um, I remember some of the Christian ministers were always surprised because when Christian kids would come to me to talk about the struggles that they were having in their faith, they just assumed I would pounce on their weakness and try to rip their faith to shreds, finish them off and turn them into secularists. <laughs> and that wasn't always the game plan. Um, the thing that I always found myself asking is, 
what's in the best interest of this young person? And that's where I go, like, I know there are some of our listeners who go like, it would never be in the best interest of somebody to continue to believe in a, you know, a bloodthirsty narrative about a vengeful God. And, you know, like you never want to send somebody back to Christianity. But like we both know there's a lot of different kinds of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And we both know that there are people who being a part of the faith community is more than just a belief system. It's really a culture and a community and a way of life. And they're not always in a very good position to leave it. And so sometimes our job, I feel like my job is to say to somebody, Hey, I don't, I don't ride that kind of motorcycle anymore, but I I did for a long time and I still know how to fix it. And what's wrong with yours. Isn't that big a deal? Um, Mm. You know, sometimes you meet somebody whose faith is hurting them or causing them to hurt other people. And I'm happy to disabuse them. I'm happy to, to challenge and, and even seek to undermine a faith that is toxic. But then there are these people for whom, um, for whom faith is, is, is fulfilling a function or, or who are trapped in relationships or in a, in a kind of a, a situation where it's just, it's either intellectually, emotionally, or relationally impossible for them to leave. And yet they're still in Craig's space where they're like, it's still not working for me. <laughs> and, the, and so, the, you know, when he says, hey, do you have any advice? I don't think he's saying like, hey, show me the way out. I think he's saying like, listen, I, you're not where I am, but you were at one point. You, do you got anything for me? What do you think uh, Craig's problem is in a nutshell, if there is one? Well, I mean, his theological problems could be myriad. You know, he could have Mm -hmm. actually read the Bible from front to back and found some problems. Um, You know, he could be gay or have a friend who's gay and be in a church community that teaches very clearly um, that God has no, has no place for gay people um, unless they get converted into straight people. Um, you know, he, he could have had a tragedy in his life um, that, that calls into question the, the idea of a, of a good God who's actually working in our best interest. I mean, you know, there are, there are a thousand one things that can go wrong right, with right. somebody's Could Christian be lots faith. of different things. Right. But what I will tell you is this is that it's very clear that he's, he's still a believer. And, and that may be a comfortable place for him to be, or it may be a profoundly uncomfortable place for him to be. Because sometimes people come to the place where they go, if, if things are the way I see them, then I, they don't stop believing God. They just hate him or they're right. terrified of him or they feel like they're on his wrong side or he hates them. Um, it can be really painful to be a believer under certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know whether he's in pain or whether he's just intellectually sort of going like, wait, this doesn't line up with that. And it, it's not always very emotional. Sometimes it's very cerebral. People just go like, you know what? I, I don't think this makes sense. You know, I, I do know a lot of secular people, and I'm sure you do too, who, who would think that it's their job at moments like this to help somebody deconvert. Uh, you know, basically to say like, this person needs to become an atheist, you know? Uh, what, yeah. what, do you, what do you think about that? 
<laughs> I'm often reminded of those old ads for for Gallo wines where they said Ernest and Julio Gallo. We will pick no we will pick no grape before it's time. <laughs> um, and I think that that I think that on some level, um, you don't want to pluck people off the faith tree. You want to wait until they're ready, um, because again, like the stuff on the other side can be really hard. And so I, I, rather than talking about deconverting Craig, I want to, I want to actually answer his question. I want to, he said like, Hey, do you have anything? Right. I got three things for him. That that are not about him deconverting. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) Just about like, like inhabiting the space that he's in this doubting space and sort of going Mm -hmm. like, you know, the first thing I'd say is like, be careful. Um, And when I mean be careful is be careful of hanging around with those friends of yours. Because it sounds like his friends are not, they're, they're troubled by or maybe frightened by his doubt and they don't want to hear it. And so they sort of go like, get with the program, you know, uh, you just need to, you just need to pray harder or maybe there's sin in your life and that's what's causing you to doubt. And is there something wrong with you? And of course there's, there's something wrong with us all, all the time. So like, if you want to make me think that my spiritual crisis is a result of my imperfections as a human being, <laughs> I'm vul- we're all vulnerable to that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm worried about is, is that if he hangs around with these people, that he'll either go silent and not have anyone to process with, or that he will be made to feel over and over again that the, that the, he's less than he's not as he's not good he's not a good enough believer, and he's a sinner, and he's weak, and you know he, he that 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 in some sense he could be made to feel like a second-rate Christian. Hmm. And the problem with being made to feel like a second-rate Christian is, is that sometimes it doesn't mean that you stop believing in God. It, it means you stop believing in yourself as somebody who's capable of being a good Christian. And so you don't deconvert. You simply backslide and become somebody who thinks I'm a failure as a Christian. And there is a God and God is for good people and I'm not one of them. Mm, right. And I've seen people who they end up sometimes acting in really self-destructive ways or sometimes just becoming kind of spiritually lethargic and sort of going like, if I can't find a, a, an adequate answer to that question, I'm just going to abandon the question altogether. And rather than like coming to a conclusion, they just go like, listen, you know, that I, I I don't care about being a good person anymore. I don't care about finding the truth anymore. I'm just going to live my life because I can't live up to those people. Hmm. And so I think he's got to be careful about what kind of Christians he opens himself up to and he shares with. Um, and, 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 and so w- w- what I would say is, is that there are people he should be talking to. There are believers he should be talking to, but they're probably not the believers that he's been with up till now. Because if there's one thing you could tell just by listening to him, it's that the faith that he has had up to this point has failed the comfort test. Like he's not comfortable with it anymore. Hmm. And I haven't, I don't know about you, John. 
I have not known many people who saw the cracks and flaws in their theological system, like worked them through and then re-entered the matrix and like went back to the spiritual community and the spiritual lifestyle that they had before they had the doubts. Right. I certainly don't think it happens in the way that they held those beliefs before. They're changed no matter what, but I think sometimes they can adopt like a new version of faith. I mean, I know many Christians who embrace a kind of faith that is very comfortable with doubt or at least comfortable in their discomfort with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, like they, 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 they embrace doubt and they think doubt is all part of the faith thing, which is an interesting way to spin it, you know, but, uh, and so I, I don't necessarily get it fully, but I think I know what they're doing. And I think it's a respectable way to kind of work through some of the stuff. Well, and that's where I would say like the second thing is, if the first thing is be careful, the second thing would be be honest. Like yes. ask yourself, do I want to stay a Christian? Like, do I need to stay a Christian? Because if he does... If it's important to him, if he loves being a Christian, if that's going to make his life this much simpler, um, and, and, and be honest, not only do I, do I need to, do I want to, but do I think it's possible? Like, be honest. Sometimes you, I remember when I, as, as a Christian, when I realized that I was going to change my mind about gay people. Mm -hmm. I come from this very conservative Christian thing where, you know, like we prayed the gay out of people and we, you know, we just didn't think that God had any room for homosexuality and stuff like that. And even as a Christian, I came to a place where I, I had all these gay friends in college and I was like, ah, this isn't going to work for me. Right. It was five years, 10 years maybe before I performed a gay, a gay marriage or before I was openly standing in a pulpit saying, listen, it's time, like, we, we need to fully accept our brothers and sisters here. I, like, mm -hmm. It took me a long time to get there. But I could have told you 10 years before I changed my mind about, openly changed my mind, that it was going to happen. Right. I could see the cracks. Like, I, I wasn't there yet, but I was going to get there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I 100% I know what you mean. Sometimes people feel this way in politics. They go like, listen, I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with Bernie Sanders or with, you know, Amy Klobuchar, yet, but I feel myself going in that direction. I think I'm going to end up there, you know, mm -hmm. um, where you can sort of see, like, I'm open to this information. I see what's happening. I see the way it's going to go. And I, I feel like I'm hanging on to this thing for reasons that, you know, aren't going to hold. Yeah, you, could, so you, you can, can call see them, the change coming. You could call them like an, an, a nervous atheist, or like a, a nervous liberal or a nervous atheist, you know? <laughs> like yeah, they can see, yeah. yeah, but they're just nervous about it. It's not their comfort zone. It's not their culture. It's not their background. Right. So you're nervous. You're sort of like, you're, you're, you're a reluctant, you know, yes. a reluctant, yes. a reluctant deconvert. But mm -hmm. I think it's really important to recognize, and, and, and Craig, this is the thing I would say is, is that if you think of yourself as an airplane, like you've just looked down at the gas tanks and you've realized, oh my gosh, I've got a leak in the gas tank can. Like I'm not going to make it to my destination. And, and some people, when they see that happen, they're like, I'm just going to fly faster. I'm just like, I'm going to ignore it. Like maybe, you know, I'm just going to count on a miracle. And I go like, no, no, no. A good pilot, as soon as he sees the, that going down, he starts looking around and thinking, okay, if I'm not going to make it to my destination, where's the nearest landing strip? Where's an open <laughs> field? Where, mm -hmm. where, where can I put this thing down? 
And so what I would say, Craig, is, is that rather than trying to figure out how you can climb back into the system and the way of thinking that you've always had, is you want to start looking around at, at other kinds of Christians and asking, what's another way of being a Christian where that addresses the problem that I've had. So somebody says like, I can't be a Christian. You know, the Bible's so clearly against gay people. And I'm like, hey, look over here at this church. These guys interpret the Bible differently. And they have found a way to be comfortable saying that the Bible supports gay marriage. You might want to, you know, or somebody says, I can't be a Christian. I, I, I don't, I, I, can't ha- I can't handle the idea of all those Muslims burning in hell forever because they haven't accepted Christ. You go, hey, there's some Christians over here. They're universalists. They believe that Jesus ultimately will rescue everybody from hell. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they still think Christianity is true, truer than the others, but they're, but they're not convinced God's going to condemn all those people. You know, the, right. there, there are ways. Yeah, it's almost like here, here are some, try, try these on for size. Try these interpretations of the Bible on for size. See if they don't fit you better. One of the one of the the people I used to steer people to, towards, especially women that were struggling with their faith because of a lot of the a lot of the weirdnesses about evangelical Christianity and women, um, died this past year, um, and that was Rachel Held Evans. Mm, right, and and this was a Christian woman who was openly questioning everything about her faith. Right. And she was struggling and she was clearly wanting to stay in. She was trying to figure out a way to stay Christian, but she was on this journey. And she was such a resting place for people. And you say, how could she be a resting place for people? She was still moving. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But people felt like, okay, she's moving in a direction I understand. Yeah. And uh, the New York Times- They identified with her doubt, I think. They identified with how honest she was. And her process- and, and, right. and that's where Craig's like, where do I get my information? And like Rachel Held Evans was a person who was, she was reading widely and she was, and she, but she was discerningly, she was pulling in stuff that, that she thought would be helpful to her in figuring out a new way of holding, a, a new way of being a woman of faith. And uh, right after she died, the New York Times, they have this podcast called The Daily. Mm-hmm. And The Daily did a wonderful episode about her. These secular journalists talking about why she mattered. Um, and it was really, really good. And I would really recommend it to you, Craig. Um, but I would also say like, listen, you know, we had Science Mike on the podcast. He's a, he's a person, Brian McLaren, you know, he's a person. There, 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 there's a whole festival called the Wild Goose Festival that they have in North Carolina every year, which is of all these progressive Christians who are trying to come up with a form of faith that they can live with because um, they can't live with the one they grew up in. And even, they invite me there sometimes. Right. And, you know, you said, but it's a Christian festival. I go, yeah, yeah. But they know that some of their people aren't going to make it to the finish line. And, and they want to they say, hey, here's somebody who, who got out of Christianity and they're still living the good life. And, 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 and there's a way of having integrity and of pursuing life and ministry and meaning as, as a secular person. And, and we need to show that to these people because some of them are going to find Brian McLaren's way to stay Christian and some of them are not. And, we need, and, and, and what's important to us is that everybody pursue goodness and love. And so, you know, there's a whole ecosystem out there of people 
that are somewhere between Franklin Graham and Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. And Craig, you know, you don't, it, it's, it doesn't have to be a binary choice. So, so that's the thing I, I would say, like, I don't think you're going to be able to stay where you are. And I think that while you've still got some spiritual energy and dynamism, while you still call yourself a believer and feel like a believer, now's the time to figure out if there's a way for you to stay a believer um, and, and to look at people who are doing it differently. And, and I, I would say that, that, that there's a lot of places to look there. Yeah. Um, and I think I, one more thing that I would add about that is just th- this is always going to be tethered in some way to what you believe to be true. And so, you know, in the middle of all of this, you know, you can consider their arguments maybe and say like, you know, do I believe that's true? You know, do I believe, is it more, is it easier for me to believe in a God that accepts gay people than, than otherwise? But ultimately it's going to be tethered to what is more believable to you um, foundationally, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing where somebody says, oh, let's turn him, let's turn Craig into a, into a secularist. But like, I've seen people that got ramrodded into saying that into renouncing the faith and saying they were secular and then they lay awake at night scared to death about going to hell right which so because so fundamentally they don't they still believe in some version on some yeah, level of yeah. exactly and so one of the things is is, is craig is that when, depending on who you surround yourself with and who you who you allow to influence you that's going to shape what you can and can't believe and so that that's so isn't so, that so interesting like, though I mean, it's, it's, you'd think it would be about discerning, tr- you know, truth in this pure kind of a priori way. And it's not, it's a, it's very sociological, like you, like you say. Yeah. It's, it's the Stanford prison experiment. Like if I put you with one group, you're going to feel this way. If I put you with another group, you're going to feel this way. We're right. all pretty susceptible to our mm-hmm. surroundings. And so while we can't ch- change our minds, we can change our locations. And sometimes our locations change our minds. Right, right. And that's the last thing I got to say to you, Craig. And that is, you know, be careful, be honest. And, and, and the, thir- the third thing is, don't be afraid. Because I know how scary it is when you feel like you're losing your grip on, on your worldview. And you're like, I don't know what's true anymore. Um, but what I would say is, the fact that you're listening to me, the fact that you're still call yourself a believer, the fact that this all bothers you, that you you bothered to call in a question, it tells me that you're hungry to figure out the best way to make your life a good thing. I mean, it's weird. Couldn't you just hear that in his voice? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, like, who's calling us? Who, who's calling in that question? Right. You know, not somebody who is, you know, like looking for an excuse to go, you know, make a million dollars and spend it on a yacht. <laughs> like, this is a guy who's like, I, Christianity has always been my vehicle and I, I still believe in it, but I'm, I'm really having doubts. And gosh, what if this breaks down? And here's the good news is that maybe you're going to find another way to stay a Christian. And maybe you're going to end up like John or like me or like a bunch of our friends, people who just don't, can't believe in God. Like it's just not, it's not in my ability anymore. 
um, it just doesn't hold water for me. And I know it frustrates the heck out of like people around me who are like, listen, I don't want you to be a Christian, but like, can't you believe in some kind of, you know, spirituality or some kind of force in the universe, some kind of unifying, you know, energies field, you know, and all this stuff. And I go like, you know, maybe when I have my psychedelic drug experience, maybe that'll <laughs> right. open me up to something different. That's but why they're so stage, keen for you to try them. <laughs> I know, I know. But at this stage of the game, I'm just a run-of-the-mill materialist, Right. I'm just a guy who thinks that like matter and energy are all there are. And I don't, you say like, well, but where did they come from? I, go, I don't know. You go like, how did chemistry <laughs> become biology? Where did the first life form emerge? I have no idea. But like, I'm pretty sure that, that, that because there is life, that it become, that, that, that everything that's alive has life as its, as its ultimate value. And I can make a really good case from once you accept that life is the original value, that you can come up with a whole kind of mor morality and a whole lifestyle that's all about pursuing loving relationships because that's the best strategy to make the most of your life. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, you've heard me do that pitch. I'm not going to do it here. Right. But Craig, here's the good news, is that even if you end up not being able to believe in any of that supernatural stuff, like... The good news is that you, you will not have to give up pursuing love. You will not have to give up wanting to make a difference in other people's lives. You will not even have to give up fellowship if you know, if you know how to find it, um, if you learn, how to, if you learn how, to, how to create it. Because the truth of the matter is, Craig, you are not alone at all. There's a ton of us. Some of us are hiding in pews, pretending that everything's okay, like, like you are right now. And some of us are all the way gone, you know, building new paradigms and, and creating things like Caravan here in Cincinnati, like this humanist community that I'm a part of, that, that's sort of like church for people who don't believe in God, but want to live lives of love. Um, and, and, and I just want to reassure you, Craig, that like the reason I don't, I'm not trying to push you in one way or the other is because I don't, you know, I don't believe in any of it. I don't believe in any of that supernatural stuff, but it doesn't bother me if somebody does as long as they are experiencing love and cultivating gratitude and making things better for other people. Those are my values. And, uh, and I just want to assure you that there are a lot of people that share those values. And some of them believe and some of them are in that weird Rob Belly kind of, I sort of believe, but I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to be put too many boundaries around it. It's just kind of like Oprah land. And then there are people like, like me who are out here going like, I don't have a supernatural bone in my body and I'm still deeply committed to love as a way of life. So you're going to be fine, brother. And that's, that's the last word. You're going to be fine. Love it. Do you see why I wanted that question? Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's a good it's a good one, and, and it seems timely for some reason. I know we were gonna have there was a point toward the end of last year where we were gonna have that that conversation of of someone in Craig's position, uh, yeah. like what what should what should the approach be? And I think this is a good sort of discussion point uh, episode, and so people can talk about it on our Facebook group. They can write us about it if you've got more questions you want to 
submit, please do with all the ways that are listed on the show notes. And I, I love it. Yeah. I, 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 that's a beautiful ending and I should just let it be the ending. I am going to tell you one, one last little story. Okay. Like, so this week I get a note from a Presbyterian pastor who's just lost his job because he got, he inadvertently outed himself at a staff meeting. Like what, what did he say? I, I don't know, something about like, you know, that he didn't believe in a literal resurrection or something. And then they've answered okay, questions. Okay. So he'd been sort of hiding in plain sight and they found him and he lost his job. And I don't think he was that worried about losing his job, but he said that he had found the show and he had listened to a couple of episodes and he was just writing. He said, because I'm sitting here crying because I thought I was the only one. Damn. Yeah, you know, and I, I just, if, if you're out there and you feel like you are the only one, you are not the only one. And it is not a kind of an emotional death sentence. Like there's going to be friends for you. There's going to be, there's going to be, there's going to be music for you. There's going to be beautiful poems and wonderful readings for you and books that are going to inspire you. There's going to be missionary enterprises that you can jump in on. There's a whole life because all of that stuff, missions and fellowship and pastoral care and love and forgiveness and, and, and hospitality and all those things that you loved about being Muslim or about being Jewish or about being Christian or about being Hindu or being whatever you've been, all of that stuff, that is not Muslim or Christian or Hindu. That is all human. And people do it in all those communities and they do it out in the open in our community too. You're going to be fine. It's going to, you're not alone. And I just, if, if, there, if you know somebody who's going through this kind of scary time, like, please just like send them this episode and just go like, listen, there's this, there's these people and, and they're, they're trying to scream from the highest hill they can scream. You're not alone and it's going to be okay. Um, it's going to be better than okay. Cause once you, once you embrace this life for what it is, this life, this life has more than enough wonder and more than enough adventure to last you until you're not breathing anymore. Uh, there, there is a Facebook group that we run uh, called Humanize Me, and yeah, you can search there. for it in Facebook. There are 887 members right now. Uh, of people who just have found the group through this podcast and to our you know listeners, but mostly they're not discussing this podcast. Mostly they're helping each other with que questions, sharing links to articles, you know, yeah. talking among themselves. I went and looked at the I went and looked at the Facebook page, thinking it would be all these people talking about you know how cool I was. <laughs> I really did. I thought they'd be like Bart. Oh, he nailed it again. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, for, for if you're feeling that lonely space, that's that's not a bad place to start. Hey, you know what? It's it, it tells 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 me that we're doing our job. Yeah, I think I, I think I think we are. And but all of you people that 
support the show through Patreon. All you people that send in questions, all you people that write nice emails to encourage us and to tell us not to quit. Like you're doing your jobs too. Like we are doing this thing together. And, uh, and it is a joy to be part of it with all of you. And especially with you, John, I love you very much. Love you too. Thanks Bart. All right, baby. I'll talk to you soon. For more on Bart, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanize me pod on Twitter and humanize me podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search humanize me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. You could be larger than life.